Hello, everyone. Coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Our mental, physical, spiritual, and social habits are certainly work life related. We'll explore how creating an awareness of our thoughts and behaviors can empower and inspire us to accomplish almost anything we direct our attention to. Let's dive deep into the dirt and examine what research, resources, and real-life success stories from everyday folks can teach us as we grow through the day-to-day challenges. Let's get started. So we'll start now? Yeah, let's go. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, Well, my name is Justine Hannum, and I'm Vice President of Opt-in Procurement at Global Trans. And I have had the wonderful opportunity of working for Global Trans since 2010. Um, it was actually my second job right out of college. I spent the first couple years within my my career at a, a local transportation company before I joined Global Trans in 2010. So a truly just wonderful experience, experience to say, say the least. I wouldn't necessarily say roller coaster ride in in a bad way. It's been a roller coaster ride in a wonderful way. Um, I would definitely say more highs highs than lows, but a truly great great leadership team that I've been able to work with throughout throughout the years and and been involved with. I started out as as one of the the few female leaders um, at the company. I think I took my first management role, I want to say it was 2014. There kind of just worked my way up through the company um, under under very various leaders. Now I'm happy to say that that we have a wide leaders now that that work trans umbrella, whether that's through, you know, the legacy global some of the acquisitions and mergers that we've done, but then of course more so now with some of the, the recent larger scale mergers that we, we've done. So um, very lucky in that regard. Our, our CEO, Renee Krug, of course, was was a great inspiration and, and leader while I was I was able to work under her through through the years. So yeah, so it's been a really exciting ride. And I, I love being able to be in this role and being able to inspire and work alongside, you know, other female colleagues you know, and really just foster and, and promote and encourage other, other women, especially in this male dominated industry to really mm-hmm. um, take on the challenge, you know, because it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not easy in this type of um, environment at times. Mm. So, wow, 2014, that's, that's when you took your first, was it with Global Trans, obviously? Yeah, because you said 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, many- and at, the, at the time, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget. Um, in those times, we were, we were doing a lot of hiring, and so every month we would have a new class of of hirees that would join. And we're talking around twenty people a month, and they would have the leaders come introduce themselves, talk a little mm-hmm. bit about their history, and I'll never forget. Probably about the third or fourth class in, I was actually one of, I was actually not actually, I was the only female manager in in the room you know wow. doing those introductions mm-hmm. and i'll never forget about the third or fourth class and i actually had a girl raise her hand and ask why are there not more female managers why mm-hmm. is there one out of ten and i was taken a little mm-hmm. bit off guard by that because i had actually thought about it myself mm-hmm. i kind of just done done the work and and took the first manager role in, in 2014 and uh and I, that's when i had first truly realized wow she's right out of 10 that is, is an mm. actual female in, in this management function. And that's when it kind of hit me that, you know, I really need to start to foster, you know, as, as these people come in and encourage them 
um, you know, to rise up and not be afraid of the challenge. I think that's what happens mm. in a male dominant industry. I think a lot of women become very, you know, cognizant of that. And it at times can, can turn them away from really taking that challenge by the, by the horns and, and running with it. So it was definitely eye opening back in, that was probably about 2015 when it happened. <laughs> if I go back in time, you know, even in my career, it was very, very male dominated, particularly in the athletics department, a lot of competition. And, um, you know, it's interesting for me, at least there was never any formal management training on how to be a manager. You had to kind of learn yourself, um, particularly with startup operations and looking at you and, and reading that recent article that the team put out for you through Engage something that you had wrote kind of resonated with me. Um, and I think just from my perspective, a lot of women maybe get stuck in this space of, you know, we're taught by society to be the caregivers and to kind of, um, regardless of maybe how we're feeling about what we're being told to do or expectations, we kind of stay pleasant, the nice factor. Um mm-hmm. We're more agreeable. We're less prone to maybe confrontation um, and we kind of settle in content and we don't really feel comfortable having a voice. And, you know, for me, I definitely felt that. I feel like I was always seen as the the nice gal, the nice manager. Mm-hmm. People would come to me with their problems, this and that. And, you know, I am very, have a very kind compassionate side to me where I feel a lot of empathy, which you also had referenced. And Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes we, as ladies, confuse the two words like niceness and kindness. I see them very differently. And kindness, I think, as you've demonstrated, opens the doors because now we can build a team of people that trust us. They trust that they can bring their emotional struggles, their mental struggles. Maybe it's maybe it's even personal into the workplace and say, Hey, you know, I need, need support, some advice. Um, and they can, and they feel trust. I think because women, we are seeing more of these caregivers. And I think if anything, the pandemic has taught people that still kind of don't value female leadership. We see now how important that is, but then I still think that, um, as females, at least for me, I still want to be nice. And maybe I don't voice my opinion as much because there's this inherent belief system that if if I say what's truly on my mind, for instance, maybe I ask for a salary increase, you know, mm-hmm. I might, there's that fear of what if I'm rejected? What if I lose my job because I've asked for this? Um, sometimes can put us in a place where we're, we're not really fostering our health and well-being in the workplace or at home in a way that's helpful for anybody really. Sure. Um, so anyway, sure. Just yeah, something. no, I think you you bring up a lot of really good good points because throughout my career I've I've kind of been forced to do a lot of discovery in that field of being a woman not only in in a, in a leadership role but in a male dominated in industry mm-hmm. carrying that leadership role. So I've had to do a lot of discovery along the way of to your point women as were raised to be people pleasers, they're supposed to be mm-hmm. the caretakers, they're supposed to be yeah. agreeable. It's like we're taught to, you know, stay in between the lines, do things correctly. Right. Whereas the men are almost encouraged to 
not fully do the opposite, but or it's okay to, you know, take risks and, and break the rules, you know, if you can, you can get ahead. So it's almost like we're just ingrained to be entirely different men are ingrained to be. So it, it times is kind of a constable, right, of getting out of that feeling and being okay with that. You know, it's okay to take risks to your point. A, a risk could be asking for a raise, right? Whereas in a man's world, they have no problem. You know, the thought mm-hmm. might even cross their mind because they're, they were kind of racist. Those risks are okay to ask for. Those risks mm-hmm. are okay to take. Mm-hmm. Whereas females, you just ingrained differently. So trying to kind of break that, that mold and also being okay with that, right? Accepting that mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, it, it is a challenge and, you know, definitely a, a struggle at times, but I've had a very unique opportunity to be able to kindness for people in their scenarios and, and really make a deep impact with that because, you know, as we'll get farther along and talk about, you know, some of the challenges over, you know, the last two years and creating that healthy, healthy leadership role and environment for the employees. I feel like I've been able to kind of translate that to them and make them feel mm-hmm. comfortable and speaking up of, hey, this is what I need. It's okay to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, my mental health. And as an employee, this, this is how I feel, you know, mm-hmm. and then as, as it's inspired my leaders to be able to say, okay, this is what I'm hearing are the needs of my employees, what their feelings mm-hmm. are. How yeah. do we now act upon that? And, how, you know, how do we put out tangible changes to create a more healthy environment, you know, as, mm-hmm. as leaders? So years I have been able to to really utilize me being a female leader and you know it has been a very unique opportunity in, in creating mm-hmm. the team that I have today. Mm-hmm. So with your experience, just if you went back to like 2014 and, and all the different males in the room with you um, as leaders, we all have different goals, different objectives, different priorities when it comes to our home life and our work life environment. Um, and sometimes we can be kind of closed minded to maybe think about how best to support our team in a more helpful way, you know, and I don't know that, you know, with the different men in leadership roles on their defense, like sometimes men are taught to suppress their feelings, mm-hmm. um, and, and taught maybe coping skills that aren't the most helpful because that go, 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 reach whatever success looks like for them. And then that drive to be the best, not that women don't have that as well, but I think sometimes men, at least what I've seen, they really aren't in touch with that emotional mental side. And then subsequently, you know, when you look at our younger population, type two diabetes, some folks have already had heart attacks and they're like Mm -hmm. in their early thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety, depression, substance abuse issues, uh, problems with conflict resolution in a helpful way where they're not screaming mm-hmm. and yelling and unaware of their emotions or even how to regulate their emotions. I see that a lot. And I see and hear there's a lot of nervousness about voicing the need for help. Yeah. So I'm sure you see that too in your space. And yeah. how do you support your support everyone um, yeah. who maybe all, have all, those feelings. All the time. Yeah. Um, today, across my team, especially over the last two years, I've, I've always encouraged them, you know, all of them are, are male except for, for one, you know, I have six managers, one of them being mm-hmm. a female, also have to lead them in, in helping them understand that it's, you know, we do need to listen to our employees. We do need to listen to their feelings. But in a way of, we want that feedback through the years, a, a lot of times, for example, when I first started out um, at, at my very first job, as an example, we never talked about mental health. It was all just 
work, work, work. It really was not a priority, right? It was just, you come in, you're going to work 60 hours a week for minimum pay just to keep your job. It's just the thought of bringing up mental health or even discussing work-life balance just was not a thing. It wasn't a priority. So you forward to now throughout the years. And, you know, I'm so thankful that it has become such a large priority to your point, because there's so many issues now, I think, coming, rising up from, from the depths that a lot of this stuff has, has caused. So now it's important for me to talk to, to my managers and, and my fellow leaders of, hey, we want to get feedback from our employees. You know, we, mm-hmm. we want to understand what, what they're going through from a mental health perspective. It's, it really all comes down to feedback for me. And so mm-hmm. I try to press upon that to my leaders who are male, who sometimes might necessarily understand that for themselves, mm-hmm. right? Because they've been ingrained to kind of lead and, and conduct business in a certain manner. But, you know, so that's also created more opportunity you know, from a unique perspective as a female leader is I've been able to influence them, especially over the last two years. We know we've learned so much, so much from the pandemic on conducting a healthy workforce and work environment for for individuals. But it's been a really positive and healthy journey, you know, for myself, I think, and my, my, my other managers. And we want to treat our employees in not only a healthy way, but again, just foster that open communication of them not being afraid, like to your point of coming to us with feedback and saying, hey, here's where I'm struggling, whether it's workload, okay. working more on that work-life balance. We want them to feel comfortable enough to, to communicate those needs to us as leaders so that mm. we can in turn go and make tangible changes to support mm. that for them. So that's yeah, kind of I, how I've, I've viewed it over the years of you know working also alongside with me. Mm-hmm. When I look back at my career and my managers, most of which had been male, it was very transactional. Okay, here's the job description. Yep. Here's what you need to do. And yeah, and and there was no conversation about emotions at all. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, if, and if you felt you're going to get emotional, yeah. you would excuse yourself pretty quickly and go have a chit chat. Like, what's wrong with you, Rhonda? Pull your shit together, you know? Right, <laughs> and there was right. really, there was a really a fear of that. I can recall a couple times where I started to sweat. I started to feel my blood rolling and I'm like, okay, um, this is potentially going to be an anxiety attack or something. Like I need to move my body and get out of this space. So I just excuse myself. Um, But I will say to my previous manager's defense, again, that was just the way the culture was back then. Um, Mm -hmm. If you showed any type of emotion, you were considered a risk and your job was in jeopardy. Pretty much, you would pretty much be canned. Um, And I would say Sue Harriman was my manager um, at Ryder University when we did that startup. She was the first person where I felt comfortable to begin to disclose my emotions. But Dustine, it wasn't until she had something that happened to her that I had to care for her. So she had an injury. I'm not going to disclose what it was. You know, and she was in a state where she had no other family or friends. And I was like, how do I navigate this? It's clear yeah, she needs so she some emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's clear she had the emotional, like she needed some emotional support um, yeah. and somebody somebody to trust, you know, her nervousness of, of this issue that was impacting her well-being and, and kind of how to navigate that and what to do. And through that friendship that we built, that was where I was able to start to maybe share some of the stresses that I was going through at home or with my daughter mm-hmm. um, or with my family. And that bond is there to this day. Like she was my mentor, um, you know, and I can't say that the first six months it was like that, 
you know, because it was yeah. very much more of that transactional. Okay, we're starting a gym. Here's what we need to do from an operations standpoint. Yeah. We need to create. Yep. I mean, that was when we were like trying to figure out how to um, use an Excel document to create some type of spreadsheet. We didn't even have a cash register yet to collect <laughs> income. You know, and then for me, a global trans, um, as you mentioned, Renee and Angie and yourself and the other Angie and Emily and, and Wanda and so many women were so welcoming to me. So I got to see the after effects of your work and your female leadership. And, you know, I have a, I have a fond connection and it felt like I came into a space where I felt comfortable sharing some of the things that were going on in my life. And I remember you know, Angie had, she knew something was off because my face gave it away. I mm. still was a little unsure in a corporate world yeah. what emotions to express and what's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> and my shoulders relaxed. I just felt yeah. so much like, you know, we talk about great resignation today. When you feel that you can show up with your messy self, but still accomplish. Mm -hmm what you need to get done and maybe have some support for that day to just get through whatever the nuances are, this, you know, the work-life stress, mm -hmm. um, that does wonders. My brain honestly hasn't even thought about what's next. Very present when I come to work. I'm very thankful. Okay. I think that for people that aren't in that space, you haven't found that the first starting point is to open your voice. You know, and if you're not in a situation where you're comfortable to do that, maybe that's not the place for you. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think um, what popped into my head when, when you were talking is, is kind of being stuck in that survival, right? And, and it's almost like where everybody was living up until mental health really started to become a priority. Everyone's just going into work in some kind of fight or flight survival mode, right? You're just kind of trying to survive. You don't bring everything else in, right? You, you leave everything at, at the door and then you're just kind of surviving through, through work um, because it's not acceptable to bring those things in, into work, mm -hmm. you know? And I think we're slowly now kind of transitioning out of that where to your point, it's, it's okay. You know, people, people, we have lives, right? And, and you mm -hmm. have daily struggles and those struggles change from day to day and it's okay to kind of explore that. And, and mm -hmm. because otherwise it's, you're, you're exactly right. It's hard to come in and knowing that, you know, you might have other, other challenges that, you know, you're, you're dealing with whether work or, or personal, you know, whether it's related mm -hmm. between the two, but um, it's so forbidden, almost taboo, right. To, to talk mm -hmm. about um, anything that requires emotions. I'll also never forget one of the first, probably about five or six years ago, one of the first, I was a, I think I was a director at the time and I had an entry level manager who was a female at Global Trans that had just taken that job. And she was the first female, we'll call her, it was a capacity manager job first female she would come in and, and show emotions at the time and when I say emotions like cry you know like she had a, a, a stressful moment you know she always made sure to do it those doors where people mm -hmm. kind of knew it was happening but it wasn't necessarily out on the floor we'll say and that was kind of the first moment for me where she was so embarrassed by it she said hey it's okay it's okay to show this emotion you know of course yeah like obviously you want to control in certain scenarios but mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing Mm -hmm. Like that's how she felt like it was, it was bad and negative and taboo. And it's like, no, it's okay. Just because you're showing emotion differently than maybe some of the male managers out there. That's all right. And I'll never forget that because that hit home of, Hey, like you don't need to hide, hide these things. Job is very stressful. It's okay mm -hmm. to let, let those feelings out with people, but you're ingrained at times to, to your mm -hmm. point. Can I show this? Can I not? What, what's acceptable? What's not? And, 
it is nice, right? To just not have yeah. to worry about that all the time because that's, yeah. you know, that's stress to carry. Well, that goes back where you talked about it's okay to be kind, mm-hmm. to be yeah. empathetic, to actually care about the people versus yeah. just the process. But I think that definitely silver lining of COVID mm-hmm. is more people are cognizant of the importance of employee well-being and and now people feel more empowered to speak up and leave if need be, because we've learned that um, our mortality is is just a breath away, really. Mm-hmm. And we're not connecting at work in a way where we feel some purpose in life or, mm-hmm. you know, and for everybody, it's going to be different. Um, we're reevaluating how we're spending our time. I think hopefully, hopefully the message the universe has sent us, we're receiving, you know, and more people in leadership roles continue to create a space where people feel supported in their mental, physical, emotional, and even spiritual well-being. Um, yeah. Because, we, you know, it's um, spirituality. A lot of people don't talk about it in the workplace. And I do in my role. And it's not of a certain religionism, but it's mm-hmm. just that inner perspective of we're so much more than just our physical bodies. We're all connected to this greater power, whatever that is. We've created a working environment that's very flowing, that's very dynamic, that's growing um, with technology and in our space um, Mm -hmm. and the services we provide. It's high stress, but I think that we can create a safe working environment for our teams to be successful so that they're not experiencing burnout, anxiety. Yeah. And what has typically shown up in the freight broker space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that we've definitely seen a shift. Um, I, I think that companies and their employees, typically you're you're united in one common goal, right? You just classify it, I guess, as, as success, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But that success, you know, used to might be, right or the company's monetary like gain or or even then your personal status right as an individual Mm -hmm. and i think that we've seen a shift over over the course of the last few years i think that today's definition of success is really reflecting now it's kind of the overall health and well-being of the company Mm -hmm. and its employees right you know you have your your company that might do well right record baking quarters or or years whatever it is but now it's the company and its employees Mm -hmm. um i think companies have become more aware of, of this, just, you know, whether it up to the great that resignation, whatever it is, whether people are now realizing, you know, that we are mortal and, you know, maybe it has become more of like a spiritual shift alongside with everything else. But mm-hmm. I think either way, they become more aware um, mm-hmm. and how they influence the lives and well-being of their employees because mm-hmm. healthy leadership and healthy companies that starts with healthy employees, you know, it mm-hmm. starts with the employees and the people. And I think that we've, come a long way and starting to realize that, you know, not just the global trans, but other, mm-hmm. other companies as well, you know, and you have to really start to foster positive interactions between management and employees. Um, and going back to what I was saying, you have to encourage that open communication, you know, and mm-hmm. the exchanges, you know, with, with knowledge, whether it's specific to how the employee is feeling, where are they at as far as their well-being, how are they managing their workload, mm-hmm. their overall employee experience. Um, you know, to me, it comes down to the communication at both the leadership mm-hmm. level, the employee level, and 
we just have to foster that and they have to encourage mm -hmm. that, make their employees feel comfortable voicing their opinions yep. and experiences of how they're taking in their work environment. And I think we've come a long way with that. I think there's a big shift. Our leaders, at least myself, and I know my leaders are very willing to listen mm -hmm. and then follow that with taking the necessary actions to support their employees in, in the right ways. And so I, I think we've seen a shift. It's really becoming a, more about the overall health mm -hmm. of, of the company. So I think that mm -hmm. that's really great to see. It's more of a transformational style type of leadership. What are some top tips or top suggestions you would give employees as well as leadership that you have found super helpful to help with employee engagement in terms of expressing what their needs are in a way where they feel unjudged, they're not going to be reprimanded, they're going to feel supported, mm -hmm. and then they're going to show up in a more happier mental status to go through all the challenges of their day-to-day -day responsibilities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. From my experience, it's listening to your employees and, and gaining that feedback. So whether that's by surveying employees, mm -hmm. right? If, if you want to put out, whether it's anonymous survey, I've gotten to the point now where if I ask employees, they're very vocal. I think because mm -hmm. again, we've fostered that. We want them to mm -hmm. feel, you know, it's taken years, but you know, mm -hmm. they, they know they can communicate whether it's straight to myself, whether to their direct manager, they can communicate openly and not have risk attached to that, right? Not mm -hmm. have the reprimanded or any kind of retaliation, mm -hmm. but in getting there, that might start with surveys, surveying your employees, whether, like I said, it's anonymous, if not, but you really have to start with gaining that feedback, but then mm -hmm like I said before, being able to act on that feedback. You know, it's one thing to gain all these feedback and, and start to understand all these areas that maybe your employees need a little bit more help or a little bit more attention mm -hmm. and then not doing anything with that information. Mm -hmm. So you have to act on that. And mm -hmm. I think upon that action, then your employees will start to realize, okay, well, they are listening. Mm -hmm. So then yes. that then starts that open fostering of communication and understanding, okay, mm -hmm. I can speak up and they are going to listen. And then they're also going to do something about it. So I think whatever way you can gain that feedback from your employees and then make the necessary changes to support what areas they need a little bit more attention or help on is, mm -hmm. is really, really important. For us, we learned over time, I think going remote was a really big one. And it's funny because Rewind three years ago, I would never thought that my team could have done what they, they do, you know, what their day-to-day -day job entails from home. I would have never thought that it was even a thing, not, not a possibility. And it, it's crazy how we made that transition and how seamless it was. And successful as a company. So successful as a company, right? Exactly. Not, not even just my team, but the company as a whole. I mean, mm -hmm. but that, that says something, you know, and that opened my eyes, not to kind of trail off in a different direction, but that that opened my eyes to a lot of things because for one, the first thing it said is that you don't always have to do things because it's the way they've always been done. It was always, oh, you do this job in an office. Mm -hmm. And I was convinced of that until we were forced to go remote. And I realized, wow, we really can do this. But secondly, the employees did so well with it. We actively were putting out surveys to them. Do you prefer this or do you prefer to be in the office? So we could get a better understanding of, okay, well, we're successful here, but what do the employees want? So mm -hmm. we made sure to survey them regularly, you know, not just one and done, you know, regularly asking them, what do you prefer? Because you might prefer to be remote the first six months versus now two years later, right? Maybe some people are like, okay, I've had enough of remote work. I need, I need <laughs> right? to be honest, but you change. It doesn't yeah. work for everybody. So we continued, mm -hmm. you know, to, to survey those, those employees and really gain that feedback. And we realized that 99% of them, if not all of them, prefer to be remote. So we, we listened to that, you know, and I know other companies, as I'm sure you have, forcing people back into mm -hmm. the office, right? Creating the 
part of the the great resignation of people, mm -hmm. you know, now sourcing for other jobs because they don't want to go back into the office. And yeah. we have no reason to do that. We're actually listening to our employees and saying, okay, mm -hmm. it's working. What do you prefer? Like what works best for you as far as that work-life balance? And mm -hmm. um, at least specific to my team, they, they want to be home. They want to be remote. So we're, we're going to listen to that and we're going to act on that. That's my advice to, to leadership is figure out the best route for you to gain the feedback from your employees and then make sure you're acting on it, whatever mm -hmm. that might be. You know, some of it might not be feasible to what the employee wants, right? Within reason, of course, but do something to kind of show that you're listening and you are willing to act where and when you can. I concur. So we've sent out numerous surveys as well in terms of health and wellness programming, because it's really not about what I want or you want, or leadership wants, it's what does the employee want? And if we're sending out these surveys and then we're not delivering on the feedback, then we're not going to get employee buy-in and then we're going to have right. less engaged employees and then deal with the whole retention variable. I'm curious, when you evaluate your team at different times during the year, what does that process look like? And I, I ask this for two reasons, and this just some popped into my head based upon something you had said. When I had some folks working under me in the wellness center, I can recall completing a performance evaluation and then we sent it into our people ops team for review before we present it to the employee. And then I sat down with the employee and we went over it and there was a disagreement in the words that I used on the performance evaluation. And it was someone I valued, did a good job, but certain words that I used were a trigger for this employee. And I could tell when they read the evaluation that they were having a physiological response that wasn't what I had anticipated. Oh, wow. um, when I noticed it, I said, hey, you know, why don't you take a couple minutes to regroup, go into the locker room, come back and we'll, we'll have a discussion. So mm -hmm. this person came back into the room, we sat down and we had a conversation and they explained that a couple words that I used that were really descriptive in nature, words that we would pretty much always use, like the word demonstrated or, or did not demonstrate or failed to, or as a manager, I really was bothered by that because it changed their whole energy level and was very aware of how much they were invested in their role. But there were some behaviors that needed to be addressed. And I thought that I was doing it in a kind way. So anyway, long story short, I went to our leadership team and I changed it. <laughs> and they were like, why did you change that? And I was like, well, I sat down with this person and we had a conversation and there were two words in particular that really triggered them. And, you know, I was advised, hey, um, actually, that was a very thorough evaluation. There was no need for you to change it. And then it was one of those where I could have said, oh, okay. But I had such a, I felt so much compassion and empathy for this person who had disclosed something that I was not aware of that prompted their response that I was like, you know what? I really don't want this to be on their record. I don't want mm -hmm. this to be in, in their documents, in their forms. So, so I changed it and I resubmitted it and we signed off on it. But anyway, I'm just curious <laughs> if you had a similar incident, how do you feel about that whole process? Particularly if you come across someone who maybe you didn't know there was some something there that might not sit really well with them and still be the manager and hold them accountable, mm -hmm. but hold them, but be empathetic as well. Interesting. So we have come 
offset more from a customer service, I think, standpoint. Um, we deal with, we have 700 agents through Global Trans. So that's where their most of their interactions are with those individuals who are kind of a hybrid between a partner and employee, but also a customer. So um, most of the time, those instances will arise when they've had some kind of engagement or I should say interaction with, with, an age, with that agent. Um, and it's more from a customer service standpoint where it's interesting because a lot of times this is where it usually comes to to a head is you know a lot of the communication will take place over email right so it's and it's it's usually because agent is being responsive and just very direct um mm -hmm. so there might not they might be missing say a please or a thank you it's yes. just a very direct transactional interaction and so nine times out of ten the situations we run into when you speak of triggers that's where it comes from is because employees are like well they're they're being rude you know and kind of walking them through that scenario and having them understand just because they didn't add a smiley face at the end of the mm -hmm. sentence doesn't particularly mean that you know they're being personally rude to you but it's, it's very triggering to a lot mm -hmm. of people mm -hmm. which is great right because i think that means we've evolved that maybe as a community and a professional community that we are treating people more kindly right <laughs> but a lot of times i i think that they'll confuse that with disrespect but then somehow that disrespect translates to personal disrespect. Like, mm -hmm. and, and so we just, I just had a scenario last week where we were kind of the individual, the employee said, oh, they're being very rude. And we went back through the communication. It's like, no, they're just being directed. Did they say anything particularly that was disrespectful to you? And it's like, no, but they were just, there was no please, no, thank you. They were just, and so it's, it's kind of working through those types of triggers for people that um, are always interesting because you, you under, understand it, but you know, there's a fine line between someone being direct and then of course, personally disrespectful to you as a person. Yeah. Those are the kind of experiences on, on my side, which is always interesting. That's where emotional regulation really mm -hmm. comes into play. Yeah. Yes, you've articulated yeah. what I was trying to ramble about perfectly. I was very direct in my performance evaluation, yeah. whereas had it been an email, I would have actually inserted a smiley face or some kind of emotional <laughs> right. context for yeah. them. Yep. So, and, and it's, it would it have just, been non-triggering. It's immediately yes. non-triggering at that point. <laughs> yes. But yeah. it's, I had Tracy Martin on the pod recently, and we actually were having this conversation where she is in the um, bathroom and kitchen restoration and deals a lot with the supply chain and some of the challenges, particularly with the war now as well. And she had said the same thing, like sometimes with communication in an email or in a document or in a text, there's still a lot of nuance for interpretation that might not be necessarily correct. You know, maybe someone's in a rush and they're doing something, they're just responding quickly and they're very direct, you know, and yeah. then based upon how we're feeling it, you know, we, we may put some projections into that communication and then create... <laughs> a lot of unnecessary yeah. Yeah. emotions and and responses within our bodies in particular right. and that just right. can like throw our whole energy off really yeah yeah absolutely it's interesting it's and, interesting <laughs> and with customer service there are always these little areas where uh you can get hit with something out of nowhere and then just be mindful of how best to respond to calm yeah. the waters a little bit and then build bridges again so yeah mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, diffusing, you know, and, and transportation, it's a very stressful. And so things can get escalated fairly quickly, depending to your point, depending on what that individual is dealing with at that given moment. So we, we try to focus on, you know, just diffusing situations and, and then escalate to a manager, right? That's our big thing. Just let and pass it on. Let somebody else in that scenario. Now it's okay to give someone else your problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let, let, a, let a manager deal with it. Best way to diffuse. Yeah. So I think that, uh, your whole take on being kind and and being a nice person really does resonate with me as a female, as a leader. And I think that the more that we can teach or educate our teams on how best to go out our day in a way that we're facilitating the opportunity to have honest, authentic conversations and then provide resources or training or whatever the need is so that we can maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that come up is really going to benefit our industry. And maybe, hopefully, we'll start to see some of the risk factors that we're seeing, including obesity and, like I mentioned before, type 2 diabetes and cancer and heart disease and strokes and all of those chronic inflammation diseases that show up 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Hopefully, we'll, we'll help avoid some of those health risks and create a welcoming environment where people can be a little more relaxed, relax their shoulders, really focus their energy on whatever mm-hmm. it is that they need to get done, you know, have the tools and the resources to do so. And then if, oh, shit happens, they feel supported to come to a manager or talk to a coworker and then get the support they need to make it happen. I wanted to ask you, what are your daily self-care habits or things that you find are helpful to you when you feel you need a little support? Maybe your mm-hmm. energies, maybe you notice that your energy's off. What are some things that you found helpful that maybe some listeners might want to try? So for me, a couple of things that movement, as I'm sure you can relate to, right? Being, I know you're very, very active by far more active than I myself am. <laughs> um, I, when I'm, whether it's just low energy or, you know, mental fatigue, getting outside and moving, you know, we know mm-hmm. in the hot summer months, of course you can't, if it's 1 PM in the afternoon, the chances of you getting outside will probably make you feel worse and better. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, I have a, an indoor bicycle here. So I, I love, even if it's just a 15 minute bike ride that changes my physical and mental space almost immediately. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan of movement and sunlight, but that was a discovery process too, right? I mean, everybody says it, you know, exercise, sunlight, being outdoors. But I find Mm -hmm. that, you know, when I get outside, it's almost, you tend to, and I live with this through my own self-discovery of, of what solutions I needed to feed myself, but stuck within the four walls of, I'll say global trans, but it could be anything. If mm-hmm. you're, you're inside, you yep. take breaks, your mind so eat off of this is it, like this is my world, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're dealing with, so it's important to be able to disconnect, go mm-hmm. outside or leave the room, right? You go out and you realize yep. that the world is so much bigger than dealing with at your computer mm-hmm. screen. That really help adjust mentally, you know, when, when I'm dealing mm-hmm. with something is being mm-hmm. able to go outside and it might not necessarily be connecting with nature, but it just realizes, I know that helps a lot of people mm-hmm. realizing again, that this problem I'm dealing with isn't as big as the world that's surrounding me. You know, at, at times you just get so almost like the walls are kind of closing in and you have to take a step back to realize life's like going to go on. I always joke, I say, you know, we're not shipping babies. If this load is late, nobody's going to die. You know, someone's just not going to yeah. get there 
their water, you know, their, their, yes. their um, vegan water or whatever it is. <laughs> We're not shipping babies. It's not, it's not that serious. It's not so threatening. We're not in danger. It's not, it's not <laughs> exactly. You're not in danger. So for me, it, it's disconnecting from that mentally, whether it's outside or, or doing a quick exercise. Mm-hmm. That's huge for me. There's a lot of, you know, talk and, and content, which I'm trying to get into, but it's hard to slow down as, you know, and being in the present, um, you got to be present. You know, that's by far, I think, challenge, but also solution for me. It's mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing, be present with it and then present in the next thing. Because I think that's really hard. And, and if you can't be present in, in the moment and you're constantly worrying about the future or the past or, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the specific problem that, that you're dealing with that day, you could never really be living in mm-hmm. the moment and really experiencing mm-hmm. that joy from start to finish mm-hmm. 100% with everything that you're doing, I think is, is huge. So I'm listening to you and I'm thinking... You're very mindful. Mm-hmm. So really, meditation, Dustine, is about I know. being mindful. I know, I know. So you are doing it. <laughs> uh, you're right. Maybe I have, I've gone up. No one's ever explained it to me that way. But yes, I mean, maybe I am meditating. I don't even realize it. <laughs> so like when you're outside, you're you're slowing your mind down and you're being very yeah. present in the yeah. moment. Yeah. And then when you're working and you're focused on whatever the task is, you're very mm-hmm. present. Yeah. And, and when you're present and you're focused, you're not ruminating on thoughts of right. the past or anticipating the future. And that's a beautiful way to try to live in the most helpful way and not get stuck in, as you referenced earlier, thinking that this is all there is like mm-hmm. everyday dreading this is the same thing i know what's going to happen mm-hmm. i know my customers gonna have to put out this fire that fire and then you're really not present yeah and that's where i think a lot of burnout yeah. happens i i completely agree yeah it, it's tough you know I, I get it and for us in the logistics industry that's what's become really important to me with my employees and, and myself as well is being able to disconnect mm-hmm. being able to technology it's amazing but and it's done amazing things and and really kind of pushed us into areas of innovation that i'm sure we never imagined mm-hmm. we could be but at the same time it's causing a lot of those problems that you referenced mm-hmm. earlier you know some of the illnesses that people are dealing with because it's created a sense of being not being able to disconnect right and constantly mm-hmm. ruminating and and while also being inundated with other things you know, mm-hmm. outside of what you're trying to be present on. So being able to disconnect and offering that for employees, you know, it goes back to communication and surveying and getting feedback. We've taken feedback and tried to build, for example, our after hour support teams. We've really tried mm-hmm. to bulk that up so that our employees can feel comfortable disconnecting at the end of the day when they're mm-hmm. done and knowing that, you know, the business that they work so hard for during the day is in, is in good hands because transportation mm-hmm. never stops, right? It's 24 seven. Things are moving even when we're sleeping. So just being certain things in place, um, really advocating for your employees is, is big for me because they're not going to do it for themselves. They might not speak up, you know, even though we try to foster that open communication, but you, you really have to make a conscious effort to advocate for your employees and yourself to build the necessary structures around them, supported and being able to disconnect and doing some of those mindful things, right, to, to make sure that, you know, their, their mental health space is staying intact mm-hmm. and, and healthy. Yes, like our core values, lead the way, be the change you want to see, do the right thing, yeah. make it happen better together. As a leader, you're demonstrating that, you're practicing that every day. And that in turn, Dustine, I'm quite certain helps your team feel empowered to disconnect when needed and, and just helps them feel more fulfilled in their role at Global Strand. So, 
I think so. I'm pretty sure I've I've heard <laughs> through the grapevine. Well, I like to always close the pod. First of all, thank you for your time. I know you're super busy and we wanted to get together to have this chat for quite some time. And I value what you bring to our team. And I mention your name and I hear nothing but positive things as well as our interaction when we were together in person. So thank you for that. And thank you for being one of the early female leaders amongst our team. Oh, thank you. You are so welcome. And same to you. I love everything that you did for the company and everything you're putting out in the community. I think it's awesome. And we are so thankful as only to, to have you to, to support us. Uh, likewise. So let's leave our listeners with an action item. I had a different one I was thinking of, but now that you mentioned the importance of disconnecting and or being present throughout the day, which do you think would be best to ask listeners to engage in? I would say be present. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're both equally valuable, right? But if you can mm-hmm. be, be present in, in everything that you're doing, I think that that's a huge step towards mindfulness and just finding purpose in, in what you're mm-hmm. doing, being present, because then you're truly enjoying life and you don't want to take the joy out of living, obviously. So being present. I like that. So let's put it this way, action item. Mm-hmm. Try to facilitate a mindset where you're present for at least 90 minutes, a 90 minute bout where you're avoiding any distraction and you're really showing up focused on whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the goal is for those 90 minutes and then disengage, give yourself five that. minutes to go outside and disengage and just embrace the environment outside, take a breath, practice some gratitude. Maybe as you mentioned in the article, you know, reach out to someone, send a text or whatever, just letting them mm-hmm. know that you're thinking about them, you know, and then come back in and, and then be present yeah. as well for I love the next that. 90 minute segment. Well, thanks yeah. for listening to everybody. We hope that you found some insightful information in our conversation. And if you have any questions or comments or content you would like to listen to, just send us an email at worklife360podcast at gmail. Dot com. Thank you, Freight360, for your continued support. Thanks, Dustine. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too, Rana. Thanks for having me. Sure. Bye. Thanks for staying late. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Make sure you check out all the other episodes and the show notes for links to any articles, resources, or for more information about guest reference on the episode. I appreciate your time and I ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Freight360 for your continued support.